Internets, I'm so excited for this tremendous announcement I have. If you're listening later than I announced it, it doesn't matter when you listen. It's the, it's the, the, the announcement is the important thing. A year ago, I lost my grandmother, Grandma Premium. She was the matriarch of our family. It has been a big blow. I have never lost somebody that close. She was 98 years old. So, you know, some people say, oh, man, that was a great, you know, to live that long. And yes, I agree with her. You know, uh, when I agree with her, I agree with, you, you know, people who have said that. But I've never shared any moment, holiday, uh, birthday without her. In memory of her, you know, a lot of people know me for You Gotta Eat This. A lot of people know how much of a foodie I am. Um, I have the agency with You Gotta Eat This. Me and Bumby put out a sneaker with Ewing, the sushi. I've always, you know, look, I come from a big Italian family. So for about 100 years, we've been making sauce, pasta sauce. Passed down from my grandfather, my grandmother, to my mother, my father, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now I am so excited to announce on the one year of her passing, November 18, 2019. Now, on November 18, 2020, even though 2020 has been a crazy year, this is probably the most special thing. I am launching my own pasta sauce called Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce. That's right. Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce. Available at Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce. Dot com, okay? It is a marinara sauce. It's 16 ounce. comes in a two-pack. Go log on now today to Pete's PremiumPastaSauce.com and get your brother, get your sister, get your cousin, get your next-door neighbor, whoever it is, okay? I promise you. You make chicken palm. You make lasagna. You make baked ziti. You just want to make mozzarella sticks and have a dipping sauce. Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce, you put it on all that, and it's delicious and it's a family recipe from my family to yours. Enjoy. Once again, I'm so excited. If you want to support it, go on over to Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce.com and get yourself a, a, a get yourself a two-pack today. We're selling them as two-pack, two 16-ounce jars. I'm so listen, okay? I I'm thankful, I'm excited, and I hope the world gets to try it. Like I said, from my family to yours. Salute. Internet's. I'm so excited for this week's episode, but before we get started, okay, you already heard about the pasta sauce announcement, Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce, go get it, okay, and also go follow us, I think it's Pete's Pasta Sauce on Instagram, okay, P-E-T-E-S, Pasta Sauce on Instagram, and if you want to buy yourself a jar, once again, Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce.com. Now, this week's episode, I'm so excited, but before I get there, okay, it's been a little bit. Open up your Twitter app, open up your Instagram app, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show, and check the fuck in. Let me know where you're listening from. Let me know what you're listening to. I love when people check in from Russia, from Detroit, from LA. Somebody checked in the other day from uh, Melbourne um, in Australia. Listen, internet, at me, at Premium Pete Show, at Premium Pete on Instagram or Twitter. Check in with me. Let me know what you're listening to. And also, Dig into the catalog. Listen, you could go back years ago. We got the Memphis Bleak episode. If anything, listen, I I, I pride myself on this. The Premium Pete Show, you never know who's going to be on. Entrepreneur, athlete, actor, artist, a great story. Dig in the catalog, okay? Subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we are at. Subscribe to us, and we're on YouTube. So tell a friend to tell a friend. Go to YouTube, search the Premium Picho, subscribe, and send the video that you like to somebody, okay? Also do that on, um, on you know, like I said, if you listen through Apple, like rate us, you know, leave a comment. Tell a friend to tell a friend. If there's a certain episode that you like and you feel somebody else could use, send it to them, okay? Now, this week's episode, man, I finally sit down with that streetwear pioneer, the founder of 10 Deep, Scott Sasso. Just a real good fella, okay? He speaks on his journey of growing 10 deep from selling shirts in college to a multi-million dollar streetwear brand. The importance of creativity in his process, working with Kid Cudi and Wale on their mixtapes early. They were early 10 deep on these mixtapes with Kid Cudi and Wale. How blogs influenced the growth of streetwear in the early 2000s, the business side of the streetwear industry, and so much more. Internets, listen, I want to tell you, you and your family to be safe out there. Looks like the second wave of COVID is coming back and there could be lockdowns. They're already shutting down restaurants in New York and Philadelphia. There's curfew times on bars and gyms. 
to you and your family, be safe, okay? Just be safe out there, and 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 thank you for rocking with me. If you've been listening to me since day one, since the Combat Jack show, rest in peace to my brother, the late, great Combat Jack, or if you just started listening to me today, welcome, okay? What you're going to get here is just really conversations with people. I know people say interviews, and you interview, and I get it, but I just like having conversations with people, and I like to say that people I have on are interesting, and maybe there may be some things that you don't know about them or learn about them through these type of episodes and be inspired. I don't do the Premium Pete show just for Premium Pete. I do it for the people, the internets worldwide. So internets, let me not even say no more. I'm so happy. I just told you the announcement of my own product, Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce, available at Pete'sPremiumPastaSauce.com. Check it out. I appreciate all your support. And now I present to you this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show with the one and only, the founder of 10 Deep, Scott Sasso. Let's get to it. Cheer. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the undisputed voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClan, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go. Internets, let's turn up. One time, Premium Pete. Come on, everybody get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show plus milk said so fuck what you heard better act like you know it's the premium pete show internets welcome back to another episode of the premium pete show sitting down here with a very creative uh fellow and this is um the fine beautiful scenery of uh brooklyn we won't even say where we are we'll just say we're in brooklyn we're outside this is this is the remote um the remote Chronicles of the Premium Pete Show. <laughs> this dude right here, um, it's funny because it's like sometimes when you do episodes for like so long and you do podcasts, I'm like, fuck, how did I not sit down with him? You know, because I've sat down with a lot of different people in the space that have um, not only inspired me, but inspired a lot of the world. You know, we've done episodes with Nikki Diamonds. We've done episodes with Ronnie Feig. We've done episodes with Stash. We've done episodes with, uh, um, I mean, I could keep on thinking, but so many different streetwear uh, individuals, but more so creative individuals, creative individuals. Scott Sasso, uh, founder of Ten Deep, a creative, a Brooklyn, a, a New York, a, a true Yorker, right? True Yorker. Um, more importantly, you know, is let's get right to it. Scott Sasso. When the first time I ever heard that name, I was like, "What is it? Italian kid?" I thought it was like my cousin. <laughs> How, how did how did you get that name? Um, I mean, I don't I don't know the full explanation, but it's uh, my father's father's uh, family uh, in St. Thomas. Uh, he came over with the last name Sasso, and uh, to my understanding, the Sassos in uh, St. Thomas are uh, uh, Italian immigrants. Mm. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe Jewish Italian immigrants, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I haven't been back to try and uh, investigate that all. Mm. You know, for people, uh, I always say this, but for people watching or listening who may not know who you are, they get a chance to know. For people who do know you, I hope that when I do episodes, I hope that people are like, oh, wow, check that out. I learned something about you I didn't know. You know, you grew up in New York City. When we say New York City, meaning Manhattan. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that like growing up in, in Manhattan? Obviously traffic. You're obviously busy. I mean, what I was mean, it like for you? back then it actually wasn't that traffic -y. Really? Now, where was busy. it? Up, up, uh, uptown or downtown? No, I lived uh, I lived in Gramercy Park. Okay. Um, Chelsea, West Village. That's kind of where I came up. Um, but, you know, when I was a kid in the 80s, late 70s, early 80s, mid 80s, late 80s, you know, there are a lot less people in New York. So many people have fled New sure. York in, uh, I guess, in the late 60s and throughout the 70s when the city went bankrupt and all that. Uh, so it wasn't like super busy. It was still busy relative to most places in the world, but not busy compared to now. Actually, when, uh, you know, this whole COVID thing hit, I was like, yo, it's starting to feel like this is the New York that I know. It's a the, little bit quieter. The, I, like, the, I like yeah, this. The, the old New York City. You know, for people 
who grow up all over the world, they look at New York as like this, like, you know, the, the mecca of everything. They see what they see on TV. When you grow up in the city, it's actually different, in, in my opinion, and you tell me, but it's different from growing up in like, say, a Brooklyn or a Queens. Sometimes the city is more the things that go on. Like, meaning, what did you do as a young kid? Like, you know, did you go to after school? Did you play like sports or? I mean, again, like, um, at that time, like Manhattan, uh, West Village wasn't that, I mean, it was different than living in Brooklyn. Uh, it was different than living in Queens, but it wasn't that different. You know, we played touch football in the sure. middle of Charles Street. Sure. Um, on a block that was, you know, racially mixed and um, probably just social, socioeconomically mixed. You know, people, poor people, people with some money, artists. Um, and so it was just, it was just another extension of the mixture of the city, I think, in some ways. You know, you go to West Village now, there's no, I don't know that there's any people of color that live on the block. Actually, my cousin still lives on that mm. block. My, my mom had an apartment there in the 60s and gave it to her sister. Her sister gave it to my uncle and my uncle's family, I, I believe, still lives there. So uh, they're the only spot of color on that block, I would yeah. guess. Now, let but, me ask you, did, uh, now what did mom do? Uh, my mom was a clothing designer. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Apple don't fall too far from the tree. Yeah, yeah. Not, not uh, Being a designer was not my intention at all. I was totally not interested in it. Um, but, you know, I, I fell into hip-hop and graffiti and breakdancing. And a lot of people that I looked up to, you know, as a kid, um, moved in and started doing T-shirt brands and... Uh, you know, late eighties, early nineties. And kind of that's how I, I ended up in fashion myself, having been trained by having a, a pretty particular, um, in terms of fashion, uh, mom at home who's giving yeah. me a hard time about what I was deciding to wear and yada, yada. Um, that's, that, that's, now what about pops? Did, did you live with my pops too? Um, I mean, my dad was, my dad was in and out. Um, yeah. <laughs> do, do you do you still see him or? Oh, absolutely. My dad, okay. my dad still lives here in the city. Um, you have a better relationship with him now than you did when you were younger. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I didn't have, I never had like a bad relationship with him. He just, you know, my dad, um, my dad had to go away for a little while. Okay, okay. Yeah, he had to go to college. Yeah, he had to go to college. Uh, <laughs> um, and. Um, you know, so he wasn't around a lot of time, not by choice. And then when he came back around, then, you know, things that happened in relationships happened. So he had to disappear again. But after after I graduated from college and um, lost my first apartment, I moved in with him in Staten Island. Uh, and I spent a couple of years with him. And, you know, so we got a good relationship now. But my dad is, I guess he's... Uh, he wanted to be involved in the fashion space or whatever. Uh, he was just kind of a cool dude. What, what did he do besides, you know? Uh, he was a he was a police officer for a time, and he was a fireman. Um, and then uh, I guess when he returned, he was uh, you know just did miscellaneous, sure, stuff, sure, driving cabs, whatever. You know, hey, listen, just uh, the grind, Surviving. the grind, you know. Um, it's funny, too, when you think about talking about T-shirts and back then, and you think about so many brands, how they started with T-shirts and how it just catapulted. And, you know, I've I've heard the story of, um, you know, you starting 10 deep out of your college dorm. Right. Um, but I also, I'm a big person on like, you know, even with artists, I do this, but it's like 10 deep. Okay. But what came before 10 deep? Because there had to be a list of names. That oh yeah, name. man! I I I still what have. What were some of them? Do you do you remember? Uh, I still have the list. The ones I remember were, uh, bootleg athletics was mm. one. Mm. Can't imagine uh, if you went through with that. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, what else was there? I mean, ten, so, yeah, so, there's, there were ridiculous the, ones I won't even mention. But, but, but what would you say at that time? Like, how, how did 10 Deep 
like, you know, formulate? Like, how did that come to your mind or how did that even happen? I mean, the list was was freestyle. You know, I was like, yeah, just wrote down a whole bunch of things that felt like they sounded strong. I didn't have um, uh, any sort of overarching plan about like how it's going to attack a marketplace. There was no marketplace sure, sure. for for streetwear, you know, back in uh, 95s when I started. Which started is crazy. Taking, Almost 25 years. 25 years ago. That's, it's crazy. It's insane. Um, so, you know, I was just, I was just looking to start doing something that was going to be, that allowed me to participate in, um, you know, this scene of like t-shirt brands. Sure, sure. Uh, and would keep me busy while I was in college. You know, I was just like, I couldn't, I was always a person that had like a number of interests. And What were they? Uh, you know, I just... I went to private schools. I went to uh, I went to Bronx Science. I was kind of a nerdy, studious dude. Like those were those were my friends were like. But then I also had my graffiti criminal friends. Sure, sure. And <laughs> um, um, you know that was that was my thing too. And uh, you know I also skied when I was growing up, uh, and that was. Uh, big sport for me i guess through like junior high early high school and like you know so i just had all these just different sort of things that i was doing that i didn't really mix and um uh, you know really i started doing 10 deep because i had kind of stopped doing graffiti which occupied a lot of my time a lot of my headspace and i was just looking to fill that space i needed to fill it with something that was similar and you know uh you mentioned um stash earlier um him and futura like those are guys that 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 you know i looked up to sure. as graffiti writers and uh them and like uh i guess fc dudes that did uh um uh, involved in pnb like yep. that stuff like when i saw that all those guys were graduating to doing t-shirt brands then um i was like yo well, i still want to participate in this culture i just don't want to be running around in the streets fighting people sure sure all the graffiti names graffiti names so you know, you know um so i replaced it with trying to to start this brand and so i didn't like you know, when you asked about the name, I wasn't like, it's not like now when I hear people are like, yo, this is our game plan on how we're going to sure, attack the strategic, Get a strategic. Uh, I just want to, I want to be in the conversation. Sure. But when you heard 10 deep, did you feel that you're like, okay, I, I mess with this. Cause I'm going to tell you from what I always felt like it was like, it had like a strong, like, yo, I'm with 10 deep outside or I'm, I'm, t I'm about 10 deep. Uh, right. How many people you with? Like I'm about 10 deep. It was usually and, just one person. Yeah. It was me. And it, and, and, <laughs> and, and, was and self it, deep. That was my whole Yeah. Day. And it could mean a lot of things. It could mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm 10 deep, you know, uh, ready to rumble. I'm 10 deep, uh, ready to hang out. I'm 10 deep, ready to go to the beach. Right. Um, but even I remember like brass knuckle uh, yeah. logos, which actually seemed to become more of like where people uh, um, witness or not witness uh, identified uh, 10 deep with a brass knuckle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, which is classic because uh, I had a picture the other day with brass knuckles. I feel like people don't even really know what those are anymore or they some don't. people it's they're, they're throwback but you know all that stuff the strength of the name kind of just felt to me like a it's like a metaphor for how you had to be growing up in the city at that time new york city was you know it was a lot rougher sure than sure you had, you had to be you thorough know. yeah you, you just couldn't survive like you know it, it's funny when you think of those days you know uh, actually i had a moment the other day i was in the suburbs in new jersey and I was driving by and I seen these houses and I was like, man, I always look around like and certain houses inspire me because right, right, I, right. I love houses. Like I, I had to tell my daughter one time I was like, cause she, she had this thinking of where you stay in a, you'll be in a Mercedes Benz mm -hmm. 
and you'd be happy. I'd rather have a, a, a regular car and a humongous house, you know right. what I mean? Like, because I, I'm a homebody too. I'm, right, I'm right, a socialist. Right. But anyway, the point I'm making is as I was driving by these houses, I seen all these bikes outside. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, when I grew up, if my bike was left outside, it was gone. Like, you know, sometimes they replace it with some... some cool. You, could, you put your bike down in front of the bodega, yeah, go inside get, for 30 seconds, yeah, and it's gone. gone. And these, like, I was like, yo, I'm sure these people don't even realize how... They're not, nobody's even thinking that in these suburbs. No. And, 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 and anyway, you know, it just goes to show you how thorough uh, New York City was in, in particular. But back to uh, 10 Deep, you know, it's like you're in, you're in college. Um, first of all, when you say do some T-shirts, how? Did you know somebody that was printing up shirts? No. And did you know you were getting jerked? Or you had a good price for the tees? Like, what the I, fuck I did you know? know? No I, disrespect I, to you, but like... I didn't know anything. Um, you know, really, the way that I started printing the T-shirts, because before before I did 10 Deep, I was doing a uh, uh, little graffiti zine with, uh, with a good friend of mine. And he had like a little home portable screen print machine and we decided to make t-shirts for the magazine and there was something that i liked about that experience and like you know we screened them up ourselves or whatever and um um and i think that that just allowed me to make the the psychological jump to be like oh well i can print my own t-shirts when i needed to because the the zine i was doing it was called monkey styles was uh uh it was just time to stop doing that yeah yeah um, it was your transition it was my transition um and so then doing the the t-shirt thing just seemed like it made sense and i think i started out Actually, the first shirt I did, I went to a screen printer and, you know, I just went with whatever they told me. It cost this much. It'll yeah. take this long. And, and where did you sell it? Uh, at college? Ooh, I sold it at, sold it to my friends in college first. Do you remember uh, how much? $20? Probably $20. $25? Who the hell knows? $15, $10. I don't even know. But you had a little stash of money to to. Well, I mean, what what I did was first thing I did was make stickers. Okay. Because the stickers, I knew putting the stickers up, you know, was putting the name out there. It made it a little bit real, weird, uh, more real, uh, and it was closest to what I was doing in graffiti world. I was like, all right, you announce your presence by announcing your presence sure. on 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 uh, in the area that you're you're in. Um, and then I printed the first, the first shirt and I think I sold it to friends. I had a friend who helped get into some stores. I think the first store that carried, one of the first stores that carried, uh, the shirts was 99 X. Okay. 99 X. Yeah. yeah. Damn, um, man, you're bringing it back. Yeah. Um, so 99 X carried, uh, and then, you know, I started to go to other spots like, um, I think, I don't remember if I sold the uh, sold them to. Uh, there's a, a store called Slam. Okay, so yeah, yeah, Slam yeah, on yeah, Upper yeah. West Side. Yeah. Uh, so 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 did did you feel like um you had a you had a a, a vision, but did you feel like um you were starting to make this vision come through when you were putting in Slam, putting in ninety nine? Did you feel did you feel like my only vision was to participate? It wasn't really much of a vision. I didn't have there wasn't a motive other than copy than to do it. I was like, all right. But the only thing that stinks is, and I wonder how you related this, but like creatives, mm-hmm. and I, I sometimes I struggle with this. You could be a really good creative, but not a good businessman. Oh, right. You know, it's like, and you don't know that sometimes until you're like in deep, like, okay, I'm the CEO. Right. And it's like, you know, um, you may not know how to scale a business. Right. But you may not know how to fucking blow it up. Right. I don't know. Did you ever run through those problems? I mean, I 25 mean, listen, years, I, I, Listen, I, I certainly had to contend with those things um, over time. Um, but in the beginning, that wasn't my concern. I wanted to make enough money to be able to continue to do it. Sure. Um, and the business, the business point, I think for me, the business has always come after the creative. I've always been more interested in participating in the culture. Um, again, having my voice. Um, doing that more so than being like, oh, well, let me, how do I make a million dollars, you know? 
my priority uh, for better or for worse was never like about being about the business. Uh, I was about the creativity and about trying to generate the culture. And, you know, that's that's what I love. True. You know, 10 Deep starts 25 years ago, which is fucking crazy and salutes and congrats to that. 25 years ago, it starts over time for people who may not know. Like, how many employees did you have at one point in time? Because remember, this thing was a vision, and then it became a brand, right? Right. I mean, we, we like, farmed out our warehousing and all that stuff. Copy. And so, like, probably at our biggest uh, staff that I was managing was probably 15, 20 people. Yeah. Uh, which was way more than sure, I than you ever could ever expect it, yeah. Uh, way more than I wanted. But it was what we had to do because, you know, it was uh, – uh, many multi-million dollar uh company for a time so you know that was uh that was just part of of that job you know when you think about 10 deep 25 years which is a crazy accomplishment not Mm -hmm. easy um you know at one point in time we were thinking about 15 employees um now did you always remain the ceo or the uh designer like did you ever like did you ever like go and raise, because think about it, even like brands these days, it's like almost like startups, like, you know, when you get right. funding, did you ever like go out and raise money or? No, you know? no, it was all started 10 deep with uh, 150 bucks, print the first run of stickers. And then, you know, another, right, we, we, another we, two or 300 bucks to do the first run of t-shirts. And then it was just about selling and plowing the money back into the company, you know, for years and years and years to get me to the place, you know, I guess end of 2005 where things changed, you know, to be able to uh, put up the money for big productions and, you know, get myself in a place where, you know, where people weren't going to try and take advantage or take ownership of my company um so do you still own 100 percent of 10 deep today i do yeah god bless man that's a you know it's a it's a crazy thing when you start thinking of 150 dollars and not counting money but it is impressive when you think about it starting some stickers and 150 dollars out of a college dorm into i'm sure 10 deep at one point in time had to be worth uh you know multi-millions of dollars yeah um yeah you know, you know, I, I asked this before and I don't mean to go all over the place, but do you feel like, you know, a lot of the a lot of brands who have had longevity like you did, you know, there was a time where you could have exited um, and, you know, probably score a lot of money. I remember you saying like, oh, but that's not what I only cared about. Right. Um, do you, When you look back, do you, you know, do you remember like the moment where you said to yourself, holy shit, like we're really doing this. Do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a weird, it was a weird experience for me. I mean, I think, um, um, you know, what ended up happening to streetwear, what ended up happening with 10 deep far exceeded anything that, that I ever expected or hoped for was going to reach for, you know, I think of like, you know, an early streetwear, like the the super baller shit was being able to sell $300,000 worth of clothes over a course of a year to Japan. Yeah, sure. You know, um, which may sound like a lot of money to a lot of people out there, but in the clothing business, that's not that much. You know, when that was like the, that was like the sky high reach to me at some point. Uh, you and know, when you, when you hit that, did you... Well, I mean, when we get to the point where you're doing more than a million dollars a month, like it's something else, you know, where, where, where I think from, I got to a point, this is where I was trying to get to. I got to a point probably around 2012, 2011, where I didn't have any more goals for myself. I had participated for far longer than I intended. The people that inspired me were no longer uh, in the space, you know? Um, And so I didn't really know why I was doing it anymore. And I remember I had having a conversation 
I remember what whatever year it was, 2010, 2012, I don't know. I remember having this conversation with um the dudes from Only. Um and I was talking, I was like, I don't know what I want to, why I still want to do this. And then, you know, I made like a a hollow financial goal. Um and I didn't even realize that when I, I was this is like October, maybe a 2012 or something like that. I made this. I was like, well, what would it be like if I made this much money? You know, I didn't even realize I had made that much money that mm. year. And I found, I found at that point, like, you know, for me, I, I, in that moment, I was like, yo, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not a person that is interested in wealth. You know, I'm not like what I what I've always wanted in life is just the uh, the means to be able to be comfortable enough to be me to kind of escape having to compromise my sort of personal self. True. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what 10 Deep was in the beginning. It's like, yeah, let me just again, let me participate. Let me express True. myself. And kind of that's always how I looked at 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 the business and the brand um, the creativity, the culture, the people that I True. worked around were first and the business was second. Um, I, in saying that now, I've also realized that, that, you know, that was good business for street, for streetwear. That was good business for youth culture, um, because youth culture is rebellion. It's always like, True. yo, what were we doing? What was, uh, what was, uh, the older dudes four years ago doing? Um, it's like, all right, well, we don't fuck with that now. It's like, let's do the opposite. That's constantly what, what youth culture is to me. Um, and so for me, operating in that same way where I'm like, all right, well, what's next? How do we out next everyone? True. Um, like, you know, that's, that, that was what motivated me. So when the big money offers came along, um, after I'd had that experience, you know, I went and did some negotiations. I had an offer at one point and I was just like, it was a lot of money, but you know, I would have lost control. I knew what I was dealing with. Cause most, most, uh, I knew that most Garmento people, it's a uh, clothing business people. It's a derogatory name for <laughs> clothing business people yeah. are just not trustworthy. Um, I mean, even the people I ended up doing business with are, are, didn't end up being trustworthy, but that's a whole other story. But uh, I knew that I didn't want to, I didn't want to be, I knew that selling might give me the money, but it would make me subject to somebody else's whims and demands and make me, uh, it would tie me to being responsible to the business part. I like doing things that, that weren't responsible business decisions, you know, doing like, you know, I'm sure this is going to come up like doing like Cuddy's mixtape. I wasn't yeah. like, yo, we're going to make money doing this. It's like spent like 20, 25 G's putting that whole thing together, which at the time for me, that was like. That was a lot of money. That was a lot of money. I yeah. had never spent twenty twenty thousand dollars on myself. Yeah. You know. And and what we're talking about is the. Yeah, obviously it was going to come up as the 10 when 10 Deep was doing mixtapes with <laughs> very early on with a very young Kid Cuddy. Right. Um, also Wale. Also uh, was Wale. there anybody else? Or? There was Wale. Those two stand out to me the most. There are a number one number that we were supposed to have done that didn't, that Which didn't ones? come to fruition. We were supposed to do uh, Big Sean's the, fi yeah. Finally Famous. Yeah, yeah. Um, which. That would have been crazy. That mixtape was great. I wanted to do it, but I had folks in my ear that were like, yo, we should get money for this like this is kanye's artist this is def jam they got way more money than you than we had um and so it was like all right well maybe we just split the mixtape with them maybe that's fair uh and i think that 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 uh that didn't jibe well with whoever on they were okay yeah they, they wanted kinda, to, they wanted it fully funded they will I don't I don't know what they wanted. I wasn't involved in in directly in the talks. I was just kind of like, you know, I was a guy that was going to have to pay the money out. Um but the but like but we the didn't do that. We were supposed to do Rocky's first oh, mixtape wow. too. We were talking to Rocky about it. I think we 
invited. Rocky came to the wrong like office party. We had like lobster rolls or some shit. And I'm pretty sure he was just like, yo, what's these niggas corny. This this ain't this ain't me. Um but but uh you know so there are a lot of things. Danny Brown Yeah Danny like, Brown yeah. by by uh, shouts to Mecca. Shouts to Mecca, absolutely. Mecca. You know, I know Mecca was uh really uh uh holding down that side of the uh ten deep, you know, bringing the um you know, bridging hip hop um with streetwear, you know. Uh I like I when I think back, you know, those are those ten deep mixtapes with Cuddy and Wale, you know, those are important yeah. mixtapes. Yeah. I mean, the thing, you know, oh shit, I just forgot I was supposed to do an interview. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> somebody was asking me about uh, mixtapes, but um, you know, one of the things about like the the that sort of mixtape era for ten deep and the artists that we brought were bringing through at the time and what we were doing. Uh, People are always like, well, what was the plan? What was, how did you, yeah. how did you figure this is going to take out over the market? That wasn't, that wasn't a concern at all. For me, like when, you know, when Mecca was like, yo, I want you to meet uh, Cuddy. He's dope, you know? And I was like, all right, cool. We'll bring him by. You know, we used to do these, these uh, photo shoots with lookbooks that were basically like open calls. We just have our friends come up, put on some outfits and shoot them. So Cuddy came in for one of those and like, he's cool dude, normal, alternative, kind of like what we were, uh, alternative for mainstream True. like hip hop at least. And he was cool. He told jokes. We had fun. And then Mecca brought me, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if it was a demo or whatever, a day and night, and was like, yo, you should check this out. He's like, you want to do a mixtape with him? And I was like, yeah, fuck it, why not? You know, my thought behind that was just like, yo, we have a platform. You know, this is just, this is that first or second year that streetwear has started to blow up. Um, is, uh, I guess... The culture is expanding by orders of magnitude online. And I was like, yo, well, I have a platform and this dude is cool and I like his song and I fuck with him. So let's let's do this. True. Uh, and it was the same thing with Wale. Wale was on Mark Ronson's yep, label, yep, man. Yeah. Uh, which, which actually maybe, you know, it's crazy. I, I look back at that and I say to myself, maybe that's not the most happiest place for him. Right, but the looks he got, I remember because of that way. But I feel like the Ronson and them, whoever the, they got him a lot of looks. I remember him being like on maybe the the, the Grammys or some type of award show um, performing. Yeah, I remember inklings around people who you know we all love hip hop saying, right, this dude's getting some good looks. Right, you know sometimes you can say like, who is this dude getting all these like right, 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 looks? right, right. Um, yeah, sometimes who you know. Um, so I'm sure they were well connected, Ronson and them. Um But yeah, when when I think Mecca came to me, it was like, Oh, I want to introduce you to Wale. It's like Baba Ba, he's on a uh Alito and Baba. I was like, Oh, Mark's label? I was like, Yeah. Bring him by, I fuck with it. Mm -hmm. I went to college with Mark and Mark Ronson. Yeah. Um, where was that? What college? Vassar. Okay. Um, that's a talented dude too, man. I mean, Look yeah, what he's got on to do. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. It's great. Um, Doesn't he have a sister? He has two sisters. Isn't she a DJ as well? Yeah, Samantha. Robinson? Samantha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlotte had a clothing line. I don't know if she still does that. You um, know, I think I asked you this. But his three sisters. Forgive me, really. Actually, and a brother. Damn. Yeah. That family didn't have no TVs growing up, man. They just made babies. <laughs> um, I think I asked you, but do you remember the moment where you said, okay, wow, well, uh, you know, because sometimes people, they have like a bigger picture of where they want to go and they never celebrate. And not saying, as you get to a point where you said, wow, well, I mean, obviously you had to see the money change and the Yeah, I didn't change. really, I didn't really. Did you, I, well, I guess it's a two-part question, meaning did you, did you ever realize, wow, we're really doing it? And two, did you treat yourself to something for it, because I feel again. Let me just say, I feel like people sometimes they don't they want to wait to the end, and then you could die and not even 
You know, they're like, oh, we're not me. finished yet. <laughs> like, like, they, like, sometimes it's good to take a break and go to Maui with, you know, and yeah. say, like, ah, you know, we're really killing it. Recharge and come back and crush it. Not really, man. Or buy something crazy. You know what I mean? Not that you really. couldn't buy for yourself. Not really. I, 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 I live pretty frugally. I mean, the closest I got, you know, I started. I started with my my car collecting thing. Yep. And that's Old really cars. Yeah, I started uh, picking up a couple of cars in the last Is that the craziest thing you ever bought? That's the most expensive stuff that I've ever bought. Um uh, I mean a lot of the craziest stuff I ever bought was like watch dumb or... ten deep stuff. Like I Rolex never like jewelry like that. Nah, I got I brought I have like a Omega watch that yeah, I yeah. spent a few grand on, but that was with my money that I had saved. I guess from both from Ten Deep but also uh, I had a job in the midst of 10 deep. I used to, uh, I used to design for, uh, this brand academics. I yeah, helped them start yeah. that. Classic. Academics is classic. Yeah. You, you know, you, I heard you say one time I was doing some research. I heard you say that you work more than people would think you do. Oh uh, yeah. Or at the time, maybe not saying oh, you don't know, yeah, but yeah, yeah, meaning yeah. like at the time where you're running the 10 deep as, is, as it, at its height, that you did more work than people would actually think you did. What, what, I don't know what you mean meant by that. Um, you know, because a lot of people, like I said, a lot of the, the perception of people is as on, yeah, I had my feet up in the air, <laughs> super jet. baller status, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think a lot of people weirded out. Like when, you know, when I'd meet people, they'd expect me to be towing a bigger ego. They expect me to say, yo, you need, you need a bottle. You need, you want to get in a VIP. I'm like, nah, man, I want to, I'm, I'm chill. I'm good. I'm chill. Yeah. I, need to, I need to be with the people. This is where I, I get my sure. inspiration from. I didn't do this shit to be like, you know, famous or rich or whatever. I don't even know. But um, now you've been obviously working with Japan. I'm sure you've been to China and Japan, right? I haven't been to, to well, I've been to Hong Kong, but I haven't been to mainland China. Uh, been to Japan a bunch of times. Yeah, Japan we, was really where Tendi exists. All, all the early streetwear shit that inspired me, it was all about Japan. It was that was where the streetwear market was. Yeah. Um, and they cop heavy. They cop heavy. And, 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 like, and they're, it, they're true supporters. Yeah. You know, like yeah, they'll, they'll students come out, of the yeah, brands, yeah. real fans of the brands, yep. like really, it was you know in the in the in the late nineties, like that was it. Yeah. If you wanted to see what was going on in streetwear, you for me, I either would be going into Union New York, yep. or looking in like you know Wolfen or yep. uh, or Warp magazine, yep. which are Japanese, uh, I guess like hip hop magazines, hip hop fashion, skate fashion magazines. Uh, and that's where you'd see what, you know, oh, this is what Aaron's line looks like. Oh, this is what, uh, um, you know, um, whatever miscellaneous brand you get, the Geo's brand look like. It's like, oh, okay. More so than what you could see it here in the U.S., which was, you know, I think about it now is crazy, but that's the way it was back then. Internets, let me put you on to something. The new Jack Swing sound? You know the songs. Bobby Brown's My Prerogative. Belle Biv DeVoe's Poison. How about Blackstreet's No Diggity? It wasn't just hit songs. It became a movement that took over music, culture, and style. Well, Wondery and Universal Music Group present Jacked, Rise of the New Jack Sound, hosted by Taraj P. Henson. Jack tells the story of a group of young musicians from Harlem with a dream to change the world. They use their unique talents to create a revolutionary sound in music. New Jack Swing. Go behind the scenes and into the recording studio with the movement's most famous artists as they create groundbreaking songs and forever change American culture. Internets, subscribe to Jack. Rise of the New Jack Sound on Apple Podcasts. Join Wondery plus in the Wondery app to listen ad-free right now. Wondery. Feel the story. Now let's get back to the episode. Cheer. You started in your college dorm. I don't think people get a chance to understand this sometimes, especially when you're living your own journey. Yeah. You start off in your college dorm, fucking little stickers. Yeah. Right? You know, you know, bust your ass, try to figure it out, becomes a multi-million dollar company. 
Um, many employees did mixtapes with early Cuddy, early Wale, that whole streetwear uh, 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 artist uh, uh, collaboration. I believe you did footwear too. I'm almost sure. I feel like ten. Yeah, we did. A, we did a few things. We did a few collabs with you know Adidas and yep. uh, Timberland yep. and um, uh, Procads and yep. Reebok and. You know, so we dabbled in in that and like. And what about other collaborations? Anything really wowed you, or that you were able to secure? I, I I have to say is I wasn't ever particularly interested in the collaborations. The collaborations now feel like they're an extension of the business. Yep. it's like the it's like the market trick. It's yep. like how do I? Yeah, how you do know, yeah. Let me let me like fucking socialize my way into getting this yeah. thing that's going to set the kids off yeah, it's special and, like, you this, know, yeah. and then you know that'll bring in the money like that's not I don't that's not again that's never been that's sure, not sure, my, my inspiration that's not my MO so I didn't do a lot of collaborations um because uh, I just wasn't interested in it you know it's like oh, okay you know uh uh XYZ brand is doing this thing. We're doing this thing. It's like, do we combine to create something? It's like, XYZ brand is saying what they need to say. I say what I need to say. I don't, I don't know if we need to really collaborate sure. to do something. You know, I did like collaborations. I remember I did uh, one with Nick. You were talking okay. about Nick earlier. Nicky Diamonds. Yeah. Um, but I did those things because I was like, yo, this is this is my set of... This is a set of the culture. Yeah. Like, but that's streetwear too, coming together, two brands. Yeah, right? that's that's you that know, was my different, interest. Yeah. It was like coming together and a lot of them were just kind of rote. I was like, I was supposed to do this. So we'll do it. But you know, I didn't really You know, as a creative, this is a big question for a lot of people. Twenty five years into ten deep, a lot of more years living your life. How many times did you wanna say, fuck this shit? Oh. Um <laughs> Yeah, the the year that it blew up, I had said to my guys at the time, I was like, "Yo, we don't sell, we don't sell three hundred thousand dollars this season. We're fucking done." It's like I, I'm done with this, and then that next season it changed. You know, I like remember crazy. a time where you, I remember like I forgot what I feel like I seen a hoodie. It was like a, I remember Hype Beast posting this, mm -hmm. and I remember hearing you also say that like that push was a big thing. Am I correct by saying that? Meaning Hypebeast posted about well, a they were the, the blogs were like a big thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm, the end of 2005, like we had this experience where something went up on this blog that was called Rift Trooper back then. Yeah. Do you remember Rift yeah. Trooper? Yeah. Rift Trooper posted this. We had this protect your neck scarf that we did. It was a scarf that just said protect your neck. It was very street wary, clever back then. And we had it on our website and we sold out of the like, you know, we sold like 30 or 50 of them in a couple of days. And it was like, what the fuck just happened? It was like, we weren't doing any business on the website. And like in that, in the response, we were like, all right, maybe there's something to this whole internet thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, the next season we had like the chain gang hoodies come up and like that chain got, gang. Yeah. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. That got, that got coverage in a number of, um, a number of the blogs, including Hypebeast, this is like one of the early Hypebeast sure, posts, sure. I think starts in probably like January 2006. And like, that's when shit just went. Where I was like, I remember Josh came back or he called me from Magic. He's like, I don't know, something just changed. <laughs> you know? And, I mean, what was your response to that? Did I was you like, believe right, it? Or you like, let's go? I was just like, all right, cool, let's go. We got, we keep on going. Let's see where this is going. Yeah, see where this leads us. You know, um, and you know that year was big. Uh, that changed everything. So, you know, I was ready to stop in two thousand five. I was ready to stop in two thousand two. After nine eleven had like things got real weird that next year. Ready to be done. I was almost that. Uh, you know, I almost couldn't afford it. It was like, why am I doing this? We're not even selling that much stuff. Yeah. Um, um, and then, you know, also like 2006, I guess I was probably, was just turning 30. And that's not true. I was well into my thirties in 2006, 32. I don't know. Anyway, but you know, when I turned 30, I was like, 
what am I doing? Yeah. Am I wasting my time? I'm wasting my time. Like, what am I, what am I, you know, I, I, I'm not young anymore. I need to move on. Um, and, you know, 2010, I was like, I'm so over this shit. I can't believe it's still going, but it's still going. So, you know, I can't turn away now. I know this is an opportunity in a lifetime. So, so I keep on going. Sure, sure. Uh, 2014. 2016, Fuck. like all the time. Now, I'm but, like, but did you get see me I, out of here? I know this is a, a, a weird question always, but did you see yourself here 25 years later from 95 in the dorm? This I young Scotch ass? No, definitely not. I mean, the, I'll tell you one of my, my, the, there's a shirt I thought about, I think about all the time. It was, uh, I can't even remember what it was called, but it's like these fake press clippings of some future war. <laughs> and you know, it was on printed on a t-shirt and it was like the date was like you know august 23rd 2012 it's like basically the apocalypse is happening and somebody was like yo what are, what are you gonna be doing what do you actually think you'll be doing 2012 it's like if i'm still doing 10 deep i will fucking kill myself <laughs> i will fucking kill myself and then he and then, and then 2012 you know, like, that's 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 eight years ago now and so like so, so you know at the height of the brand <laughs> you're in how many stores right do you remember know. probably four or five hundred worldwide that's fucking crazy it's fucking crazy it's and crazy when you consider when i started like when things were going well there was like eight ten stores in the u.s that you could sell to sure you know <laughs> it was crazy what about overseas did you hit like those boutiques like uh I don't know if Claude or maybe at the Collette or... Uh... Yeah, Collette carried 10 deep at a time. Um, you know, we had distributors in Japan. Yeah. Um, all over Europe. I, you know, I didn't I didn't keep that much track sure, of that stuff. Sure. I think, like, one of the things that I learned early on from my experience with academics... Um, not DJ academics. Not DJ academics. academics where DJ academics gets his name from. Just clothing brand. Yeah. I remember academics, man. Academics was it was big. It was great. It was big. Uh, you know, that was like kind of my schooling, and that's where it sure. showed me what was possible. That was your ten thousand hours. Yeah. So uh, you know, after the experience there, watching the it go from nothing to, you know, I don't know, sixty, seventy, eighty million dollar a year of business, I was like, yo, uh, maybe I could do a fraction of that and like it still be like how how I wanted it to be but you know come this is like come 2005 2006 I was like I the Japan business required a lot of energy I was like the culture is here I was like I'm not paying attention to that anymore in fact I'm not really even paying attention to the stores I'm paying attention to the culture um and I think that 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 served me really well so you know when you ask me about stores like I still don't really know all the stores. Names sound familiar, but I was paying attention to, I started to, at that point, I decided to solely pay attention really to what was happening here in the U.S. and paying attention to the culture and having a basic understanding of what the marketplace was. Um, but um, but really putting the blinders on and focusing sure. on where I thought the opportunity was because I saw what the opportunity was with, with academics and I could see that clothing could be way bigger business than I was ever able to understand it could be. And, and so, yeah, so. You know, you were able to uh, um, see the brand grow um, tremendously. Do you remember a time where you started seeing certain people or artists or athletes or somebody wearing 10 deep that made you like kind of like, oh, that's pretty cool. Or you saw it on, was it ever like on a TV show or reality show or, um, or something that, you know? That there were, I mean, there, there were a number of them. I kind of had like early, early buzz kills of like seeing people wearing 10 deep. It was, uh, it was, it was cool seeing those Japanese kids wearing 10 deep and them not really me approaching them, them not speaking English and not knowing who I was and sure. like, whatever. And so that made me less interested in seeing people in 10 deep. But, you know, I remember in uh, most deaf in the Umi said video was wearing a 10 deep shirt. And I remember that was one of those first times where I was like, Oh shit. I was like, all right, this is cool. Cause I love the song. Uh, and to me, like being showing up in that video, I was like, yo, I'm participating in this culture. 
There's yeah. my ethnic. Yeah, sure. You know, sure. Um, black thought wearing um, problem solvers T-shirt, yeah. which is the brass knuckle one, uh, on Dave Chappelle's show. Um, common sense wearing uh, one of my track suits on Dave Chappelle's show too. Like those were all the artists that I really like. Were you big in so, seating? Like that was like cool. No, I didn't do any seating. That's crazy. No seating. Of course, I mean it is a tool. For a brand, that's crazy. Well, seating is definitely a tool. I know it's a tool. No, no, but, not that you don't know that. Of right. course, I know you know that. I'm just saying, uh, you know, it's funny that you, you know, that at that time it could have passed you up, like where you didn't have to do any or you didn't do any, and 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 it worked out well. So you then, you know what I mean? Because now it seems like, again, it's almost like seating is almost just like collabs. It's like almost people trying to force. Oh yeah. You know, uh, you don't need to force everything. People fuck with what they fuck with. Right. Um, I think now it's a, it's a lot more political and calculated because there's there's money there, and so that brings in like a whole different thought space. But back then it was just like I think I, either most or his stylist or or common stylist or whoever walked into like memes, uh, which is another store in downtown New York mm -hmm. um, back in the late '90s, early aughts. They just walked in there and like, yo, I like this shirt. Yeah, let me get that. This is different. Let me get it. Yeah. You know? And, and you know, that was the organic culture that was. That's what streetwear was. Um, now it's now it's, now it's different. True. You know, everybody's clamoring to get, it's like, yo, well, I can get the Kardashians to wear this. Sure, I can sure. get uh, yeah. uh, Kanye to wear this. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's, 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 it's a battle. You know, Again, as we wind this down, you think about it. Your journey has been crazy. Um, I still think of this kid in the dorm just making stickers with $150 <laughs> where the brand takes off to be a $60, $70, 80000000 million a year company. Oh, we didn't get that big. Okay, 60 No, right, we didn't get that big. Okay. Uh, we were at our biggest, we were probably about like 15 a year. Okay, 15. 14, 15 a year. I mean, it's still inspiring. Here's, here's my thing to you. We spoke about how many times you wanted to give up. But what people don't see is you see the hoopla. You mm -hmm. see uh, Scott Sasso, founder of 10 Deep. You see the success. So I'm speaking for different people what they see. Right. But do they see like, you know, of, of, of the times that and things you went through? So what I mean by that is the mistakes you made. You know, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe you could have wallowed in a mistake and, you know, could have sent you in a wrong direction or been depressed about something. Right. Or, like, you're not perfect. No one's perfect, right? No. So it's like, you know, I guess what I'm saying is do, after 25 years, do you see clear mistakes that you made? Oh, uh, absolutely. That, 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 absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm dealing with a, a mistake I made in trusting uh, my Garmento distribution partner. Um, it's the stuff I'm going through with that shit now is crazy. Uh, uh, obviously, well, not obviously, but I can't get into it. Yeah. Um, but those people that know, uh, what I'm talking about, no, do not fuck with those people. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, you know, there are a lot, I mean, what my, my perspective is on all of it is, and this is just me in life uh, in general, I can only do the best that I can do um, in the, any time that I'm in. So I always try and make the best decision that I can, try and feel what feels like the best decision I can. And, you know, in retrospect, some of those decisions are wrong. Um, but if you're doing your best in the moment, you, you know, you can't, you can't live your life with a whole bunch of regrets. Um, you know, my perspective today is like, yo, I should have, I should have taken that, uh, you know, money, money. Yeah. But then I'm also like, no, nah, not really. Cause you didn't really give a shit about sure. it, you know? And had I done that, you know, the, the 10 deep would have been over. Sure. Um, <laughs> But I would have been rich. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm okay. So it's like it's not it's not uh that's not a big deal. Sometimes I wish, you know, one of the 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 things I've realized more recently, this maybe gets into the particulars of my business a bit, but the way that we were doing the business with uh uh uh, my distribution partner at the time, I wasn't really aware of like how much money we were making. 
Uh, now, is that something that you say to yourself, fuck, I should have asked? Or do you look back or fuck, no, I should have I, I, mean, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't tell in re real time. Copy. It like took, because of how the accounting worked, and we, I'd have to look back. It took me nine months to be like, oh shit, we made that much money last year? Well, that ain't going to happen again next year. Is that what's happening now? Uh, we're not sure because we can't tell yet. You know, had I known, um, had I really been better in touch with the, how much money that was coming in, I would have probably paid my people a lot more. Um, I probably would have uh, uh, put more things into place spent the money and put more things in place that would have probably really benefited the, the company. Uh, but, you know, I can't do anything about that because I worked with the best information that I had at True. the time. I mean, um, and, and, and it lasted and still lasting, you know, I mean, talk about 25 years now, 10 deep is still available online. Can yeah. people buy something right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just go to 10deep.com. Go to 10deep.com. And you're still making yeah, certain we're still, pieces? You know, right now, because of COVID, because I just had a wonderful baby boy. Congratulations. Uh, Welcome um, to the club. Thank you. Um, I want to give you, the only advice I want to give you is, I always say this and I use this. I started off as a hashtag, but it's a lifestyle. It's called presence over presence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Absolutely. It's, 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 it, I'm 20 years in. I have a 20-year-old and I have a 5-year-old. I pressed the reset button. But Congrats, I will say, yeah. every, through everything I've been through in my life, um, and when you get divorced, and not saying you, but you have this guilt. Mm -hmm. Even if you didn't do anything mm -hmm. wrong, you have this guilt and you present with the presence. Right. Um, and I said to myself, shit, it didn't matter because I remember my daughter had about 500 Barbie dolls. Right. And years later, I was like, you remember all those Barbie dolls? And she's like, no. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I know where I'm doing wrong. So right. I had to jump in and really, you know, go to extra mile. So congratulations on uh, becoming a father, man. Thank I'm sure you, you're going to be you. a great one. And I, and I know for sure, cause you told me off air that uh, it, it put fire in your eyes and that's what it does. And I love when that does that to people where right. it gives you a new meaning, a new, a new, uh, just, just, just maybe a little bit of motivation or a little, a little bit. Yeah. It just gives you new perspective. New perspective. It there gives, we go. gives you a new perspective. You know, I found for me is the, having a child's give me new perspective on myself, mm. uh, new perspective on my, relationship with my parents sure. and just life in the universe and all that kind of shit. Sure. Uh, so absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, we may have to do this episode again, maybe not. Uh, but I'm, I'm acting like it's not, um, <laughs> I hope not, but we'll see. Um, I don't want to hold you anymore. I do want to say this, that, um, it's been, uh, it's been amazing to see your journey. Um, you know, when I think of streetwear, you're etched in there, um, you know, when we think about a puzzle of streetwear, uh, 10 deep is in there. Um, I mean, you know, longevity, I, that's what I live for longevity. People mm -hmm. want to live for the moment. I live for longevity. I guess, uh, you know, internets visit, uh, 10 deep.com. Um, but more importantly, you know, when we think of young kids out there and these new young youth, uh, you know, out there just being courageous and doing things that, I mean, we didn't really have the access to when we were younger, you know, that want to start brands, that want to start businesses, that want to start whatever, what would be some of your advice to them? Uh, my advice is always the same and it's mm -hmm. real simple. Is like, do, in particular regards to fashion, do it if you love it. Mm. Um, I think the same goes for art. Same goes for a lot of things. Uh, we get life is short. Um, you're not guaranteed success. Um, at least financial success, you know, choose the thing that gives you, you know, pays you in happiness dev dividend, so to say. Um, you know, you just gotta, you, you, as a creative, I think it's really important, you know, our experience of life is, is tied to what we're making. Um, and I think that you have to enjoy what you're doing. If you're enjoying what you're doing, if you get joy from what you're doing, then the money matters less. You know, the, the, I think one of the hardest, hardest lessons to learn and, um, 
I know this because I only learned it after I made a bunch of money. Is that the money doesn't fucking matter? Mm. Like all the all the things don't really doesn't actually matter. That's not the stuff that money comes with too. Yeah, you know the headaches and the hoopla that come with the money. Yeah, you like know? it's not. That's not. That's not it. Um, I think if you enjoy and live through the process or the product or whatever it is that you're doing, then, you know, if the money never comes, then you still have, you have the joy of that reward. True. Uh, and that's what I think is important. And so that's, that's my bit of, my, my bit of, uh, True. That's, uh, that's, that's, advice. Always. That's your advice. Listen, uh, internet. So let's see, uh, hopefully this episode sticks. Uh, if not, we'll be if doing not, it. We, yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. Listen, um, I want to take, Thank you for taking the time to sit with me. Um, you know, the journey, is, it, it's so hard to put uh, someone's 25-year, I mean, more than that, but just in the sense of 10 deep, 25-year journey into, uh, you know, an hour or something. Yeah, you can't um, do it. I mean, I could I could probably talk to you about eight hours about all my experience yeah. with the history of but uh, we'll, of streetwear, New yeah. York City culture, you too. We could probably dumb out, nerd out on old clubs and all that, but... It is what it is. Well, listen. Uh, shouts to uh, Spirit Airlines and you and 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 Brooklyn Botanical uh, uh, Gardens. That's right. And uh, great trees. The one and only Scott Sasso, founder of Ten Deep. Uh, peace and blessings, my brother. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that boy Scott Sasso. I hope you enjoyed that episode, man. Just I love when we have the streetwear episodes. So we have Ronnie Fogg, the founder of Kith. We had uh, uh, um, Stash on. We had uh, uh, Jeff Staple on, founder of Staple. Who else did we have? We had, um, man, we had so many people, man. I mean, just a lot of uh, uh, people. In the Nikki Diamonds. Listen, internets, okay? Dig in the catalog. Search for the Premium Petro available on all streaming platforms. Whatever ones you like, subscribe to it. And again, I don't mean to be redundant. Rate, tell a friend to tell a friend. And more importantly, you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show? You're a small business, big bit, whatever you are. Email me, thepremiumpetro at gmail.com. Again, thepremiumpetro at gmail.com. Now listen, okay? Big brand, small brand, you want to advertise on my show? How about you want to advertise on other podcasts? I handle that too. You want us to script out a podcast for you, create a podcast for you, help you with podcast. Listen, you just have some questions, okay, about podcasting. I haven't been this long in the game and I can't help somebody. Come on. What's the matter with me? Email me, thepremiumpetshow at gmail.com, okay? Internets, subscribe, rate, tell a friend to tell a friend. Go to YouTube and subscribe and make sure you check out my new pasta sauce, Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce, available at Pete'sPremiumPastaSauce.com. Go get yourself a jar today. Forget about it. I'll see you next episode. Cheers.